You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. get to it fellas welcome to axe the grind this is your hardcore podcast i know you love it i'm patrick i'm bob and i'm tom what do we got today fellas yo you know what it is it's year in hardcore 1999 crazy so check this out i got i got that job now and it's it's actual work this week which i don't respect Whoa. a video game job and yeah you don't I respect have to put real together. work. I'm gonna fucking yeah. no. I come on. No, that real sounds work like is, a self defense yeah. T-shirt. I don't respect real work. Yeah, work is for, work is for jerks. So here's the deal. This week I have to put together a design document for this uh, video game, which is somebody's dream, not mine. You know what I mean? It's all that like world building sort of material that I, I don't think is critical to good storytelling, and it it, it is uh, a pill to me, but. Listening to some of what we listened to this week was the real work. It was it was my real job this week because, <laughs> uh, fellas, it's 1990 slime. It, it, it is uh, there is some real stinkers that we're going to be talking about and some good stuff. Everybody, 1999 is the year in hardcore we're going to be discussing today, and uh, it brought out the best and worst in us. Uh, so we're going to party like it is, but before we get into it, Tom, why don't you hit us with some sponsors? Sure. We're going to start off with our friends of the, in the North, the um, Closed Casket Activities. Um, they have put up two new records for pre-order with um, shirts that go along with the record. The first thing I want to bring up, something that I checked out today, Full of Health, which is a single, um, a collaboration between Full of Hell and the band Health. Mm. Um it wasn't what I was expecting. I actually really liked it. I, let what me take it back. Actually, full of health, full of hell is fucking sick. But sometimes, like for my like sensitive like ears, they're like it's it's a lot harsh. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think like they're obviously you know they're a great band. It just doesn't always kind of make sense in my slow moving old brain. Um, but this is super fucking cool. Um, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like every like thriller movie when like the detective is going into a goth club. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, this I mean, is what they uh, think it would play at like a goth techno club. Right. So the vocals are more like death metally, like full of hell, mm-hmm. but the, the the music is more kind of techno trancey kind of stuff. It was really cool. I really liked it. Neat. The, yeah, the band is called Full of Health. The song is called Full of Health. Um, oh, you know we love that. We're suckers. suckers. Yeah, I, I like the collabos that you know the, the re- regional Jerda Center. They got the, the you know full of health. And if you um, get the same song name, album name, band name, oof, 
This is a song called, you know, the title track of our new record called Full of Health. This is also called Full of Health. That's what you got to do. Beautiful. This band um, is full of health. Yes. Yeah, so that's um, up for pre-order. It's a two-song single. So get cop that shit. Yo, and, and by the time most of you hear this, because it went up last week, uh, you better move quick. That's the way. Yeah, they, they sold out of go. three yeah. of the four colors. Jesus Christ. No shit. Those, yeah, yo, so, those dudes are monsters. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it literally came out yesterday, I think, or something. Yeah, so or, if you get online and order this right now when you hear this, you could probably flip it for 20 bucks next week. Now, I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm just saying. Yeah, the only thing left is metallic gold, but the other – so, yeah, so Close Casket has, like, the 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 numbers of each. So they've sold a 1,000 of those already in a couple, in a couple of days. Um, yeah, the, the, there's one – the metallic gold, which is the biggest press, is the only one that's left. So wow. get at it. Um, yeah, they're a really big band, both bands. I mean, Health is big and Full Hell is big, so it's it's a perfect combination. I think it's a cool look for, for a label to do something like that. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. Go, Yeah, go get that. That's uh, up for pre-order. I think it ships at the end of August, I read. Nice, um, nice. The other thing I would like to bring up are buddies in Pittsburgh. Um, Unreal City, their LP, Cruelty of Heaven, mm-hmm. is uh, coming out in middle of August. They have the single up, um, which we were able to play probably two weeks ago now yes. that rips. Um, it's, I mean, I hear, you know, a lot of the integrity um, comparisons and I hear some of it, but I think this is its own, own kind of lane. It's like super heavy vocals are fucking hard. I, um, I was super impressed with it. And I think it's a, it's a big leap from the prior unreal city stuff. Um, yeah. I think people, you know, if you like fucking heavy, hardcore, this is, you know, this is completely up your up your alley to, you know, in my personal opinion. Agree. This is uh, it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can go to closedcasketactivities.com. And Pat, what are you going to do when you get there? Uh, you're going to enter the promo code Axe to Grind. And then Bob, what do you do? Spell it out. See, it's not as slick as when Bob does it, but we tried. No, we did. We do no, well. Right. We, we do yeah, well. Yeah, so I, I feel like you know I what? fumbled it. No, you did great. Let's run it back. Hit us with that next one. All right, good. We're gonna go to our friends. We're gonna go. Um, we're gonna go left. We're going west. Um, what's the name? What's that highway that connects Troy and, like, say Salem, Pat? Oh, uh, damn. Um, so it's I ninety. What's what's that called once you get into Massachusetts? Oh, it's the Mass Pike. There you go. Very very well done. I mean, it's, <laughs> we got to we got to we got to record that so we can have just hit a button for the. Uh, I would war, think Matt Pryor was drop. in the room. That yeah, was like warbly Mass Pike. Perfect. It was literally Matt Pryor was in the room with me. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> so we're going over our buddies at Deathwish. Um, I know they did um, a bunch of charity auctions with uh, test presses from a lot of their releases in the last couple of weeks. I think that just ended. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Can I jump in here? Please do. Um, all right. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go. Yo, uh, really cool. This just wrapped up Sunday, um, so we didn't really get a chance to to big up it, but we have said this before. All of our sponsors are doing a variety of cool stuff that's benefit, that's this, that's that. Um, the test press auctions that Deathwish is doing have been kind of like super impressive. Oh um, yeah. They auctioned off 22 test presses for 22 different records. So cool. And not just little boy records. Like These are oh. big, like heavier than heaven uh i am king how the gods chill um you know burnt sugar 
yeah, like the the modern life is war witness, integrity black is curse. I mean, and then like the fringe like like cult records that like you know like fifteen people care about, but the ones who do love it like end of year uh, <laughs> are beneath me. That I'm not sure about that record, but but they even did that for the people who are like really deep cut Death Wish fans. Um, raised a bunch very, very of money, donated them. all to Black Lives Matter Global Network. What's so that? Cool. Very good of them. So that was good of them. So uh, so yeah. So so shout out to Deathwish and Tom. What did you what did you check out at the Deathwish Inc. web store today? I went into the print store. They always have wild shit, and it's I, it used to be just kind of Jake and maybe like Thomas Hooper, like a few people in their kind of circle. Yeah. Um, but this new thing that they have that I saw Morgado had gotten them and I didn't realize where they were from. And then I found them on here. They there's um, they did three prints. How did we get Trey told us how to say G-I-C-L-E-E? G-Clay? G-Slay? Z-Quill. Z-Clay. Z-Clay. Yeah, Z-Clay. Those types of prints. Yes. But they are – so it's Danzig – King Diamond and Lemmy as old school like um, He Man figures. Oh shit, dude, they're amazing. <laughs> they're fucking fantastic. Out. It's yeah, I mean it's, it's like it up now. King Diamond all fucking roided up with like a He Man sword. It's fucking great, and it's by okay. an artist named Juan Machado. PK, how far are you from being able to get on one of these He Man prints? Yo, I fe- I, right now I'm just doughy because I've been three weeks without regular exercise. I went and got the barbell. I'm back on my shit, but I feel like the the Olympic athlete that uh, had a painkiller addiction and fell off for fucking two years. So you're like Michael I, Phelps? I, yeah, I was looking fucking sharp. I was looking good. I'm going to text you guys my body. No. And, oh. then, and then fucking it all fell apart. That's how, You know what? If you watch some of these calisthenic dudes, the guys that get all of their exercise from all of their bulk from calisthenics, which is not easy to do, by the way, uh, they maintain that you hold on to that muscle longer. That doesn't really make any scientific sense, but I I think there's something to it. (laughs) I think the pseudoscience wins. So, Tom, which uh, which of these prints, the Juan Machado, He-Man looking prints are you getting? Are you going Danzig, Lemmy or King Diamond? I feel like King Diamond is the, the best looking one. I'm more uh, Danzig. Good. I'm the biggest of the three. I'm a bigger Danzig fan Same. of the three of them. But the King Diamond one is pretty fucking cool looking. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think that's it's a cool sure. idea. It's fucking awesome. And there's like different sizes. I was looking at them. So they go from like like a normal kind of like eight by 12, whatever, up to like 24 by 36. Yeah, that's kind of rad. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Pat's texting us pictures of his fucking self. All right. Oh, he really was sending. Like, you know, you're supposed to add. All right, he's, all right. I'm, you know what? Fucking harm's way over here. We get it. Um, Yo, so it's part of the video game job been like uh, like touch ups because you're doing good with that. <laughs> you know what? Nobody haters will say it's shopped. Nobody wants to give me my propers, but the, the light the, the light's see. just hitting weird in a couple spots, my dude. You are you are looking <laughs> bigger, so that's yeah. Good. I'm, happy, I'm happy. That for might you. be a six pack. Well, no, forget the six pack. It's all about it's all about putting on actual uh, bulk at the moment. The, 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 we're not going to be cutting for some time. So wait, do you have love handles behind the arms? Is that what you're kind of putting them there? A lot of use a shadow too. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, and no, we do no need doubt to get that jaws are size for sure. I'm scared for you. Oh, you think so? You're, you're looking good there, but just notice that the like the the depth to the neck to the chin ratio. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm listen. I got you know a weak chin to start, but I, I'm gonna say that that's a trick of the light. There's a lot of trick of the light going on here, but that's okay. <laughs> False. Yo, you're looking good, buddy. I can't wait till Machado makes a He-Man action figure gicle of PK. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we can send this. We can send this over to Deathwish and see if they'll just throw it on an 18 by 24. (laughs) Hey, whatever, man. Whatever sells, you know. Uh, Sorry to our Patreon fans. You got a new gift coming. Um, (laughs) So, so the page. You go to Deathwish.com. Deathwishinc.com. That's what oh Jesus. Pat's got me all thrown off because he's sending me half naked. You go to deathwishinc.com, which I've done several times um, over the course of my life. Mm. Um, PK, you're going to put in the promo code? Axe to grind. And Bob, what are you going to do with it? Spell it out. Was that better? I think that was better. I think both were good. Uh, right, thank you. I tried. Also, thank you to our other sponsors, to Level I Records and Run for Cover Records. Yes. Go to their respective web stores. Enter that promo code, Axe to Grind, spell it out, save that loot. Guys, let's get into the meat. To, to celebrate, talking about 1999, I made myself a uh, coffee culotta. Do you guys remember culottas? Wow. I do. Sure. In nineteen summer of nineteen ninety nine, I believe Seven Eleven made a bootleg culotta that uh, my friend Andy <laughs> Scarpula and I would drink and got really into. But then we were like, "Yo, this is bad. We, we we drink these too much. Let's stop." And then we were like, "Hey, maybe we should stop drinking caffeine." And we did that for a while. Then we realized there was caffeine in like lots of things, like chocolate and shit. And we're like, Ugh. "All right, never mind on that." So uh, so I am hepped up to talk about the weird and wild world of 1999 music. Let's do it. Uh, everybody, uh, if you don't know 1999, if you, uh, as they say, weren't outside at the time, uh, it is the year that uh, Amadou Diallo was shot. It is, uh, <clears throat> let's see, the year that uh, Bill Clinton is acquitted in his impeachment proceedings. Uh, it is a lot was going on in the Middle East at the time. Uh, let's see what else. Um, was everyone going on? thought, yeah, I mean, everyone thought that the change from 99 to 2000 was going to launch like nuclear oh. warfare and stuff oh, like yeah, that. This is the, y- this is Y2K fear year. Yeah. For, so there's going to be a lot of people who don't, which blew my mind. Cause this was one. the craziest thing that everyone thought we were going to die. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to uh, go along with everybody thinking we were going to die, the Knicks made the finals and lost to the San Antonio Spurs. Whoa. Not great. Led by Latrell Sprewell. Yeah, yeah, and Larry Johnson in the uh, four-point play. Yeah. Still one of the coolest plays I've ever seen. Really cool. Definitely definitely didn't really get fouled, but that works. I, I, no, no, I'm but pro. it worked. I'm right. pro. <laughs> um, let's what get else going on 99, man? Like. No, dude, 99 is an interesting year. Let's get personal. Um, Tom, where were you? What were you doing in 1999? I was in grad school going for my master's in psychology. I got kicked out of indecision at the end of 98, so I was kind of not loving hardcore at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, fuckers. Some of these things, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they all come back. Um, I definitely like liked a lot of this stuff, and I wasn't completely out, but I think I was just kind of like – you know, like I was a little, 
little bummed on the core for sure. probably for the first half of 99. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was at John Jay college going for my master's mm. PK 99. I literally have no memory of it whatsoever. <laughs> I think, I think it might've been my last year. In- oh no. You know no, what? I think I was, wor- I-, I think I was working for Catholic charities in the capacity of a direct care worker uh, in a home of, at that time, I want to say seven individuals. Uh, I don't think they make them that large. Any- Actually, I know they don't make uh, group housing units that large anymore in New York State. Uh, and I started off working the overnights and quickly found that I was not built for that, but otherwise uh, learned to like the job. Cool. I was a... Oh, I was a junior in high school to begin 1999. Jeez. Uh, yeah. And, um, I loved hardcore. It was a weird time to be a 17 year old into hardcore, but it was still cool. Lots going on. Um, I think this is the year where girls started to like me, which was real, real exciting. Because, you know, up until 98 was a mixed bag. 97, not so great for your boy. But, uh, but yeah, 99, not a bad time for me. Um, I think I worked at two movie theaters this year and became a uh, projectionist slash, uh, what is it called? Uh, Like shift manager at the uh, Brick Lowe's Theater. Um, And Mm. is this the year Phantom Menace came out? It's the so. year Lil Nas X was born. Lil Nas X? Fuck it. I don't know why we talked. What, what are we even doing talking about anything else? Um, I guess we should talk about hardcore. I guess we should. Wait, hold on. Let's pull up a second. Hold up. Wait a minute. Yes. What do you got? It's a chopper. Um, overall view. Yes or no question. And this was brought up to me. Tom, you're going to start. Yes or no. 1999 was a good year for hardcore. Yes or no? No. Patrick, yes or no? Uh, no. Okay. Bob? Yes, and we're going to uh, we'll we'll go through it. It is a <laughs> dense year and I feel like I can pull through some stuff. So I'm going to say yes. Um this was brought to me because a uh, friend of the podcast um, who will go unnamed, but we could call him like Mawson <laughs> said, not that it makes me like him less, but it seems as though Patrick is humanly incapable of answering a yes, no question. So I wanted to put it That's right up front. Yeah. But I said, yo, I, I think he, I think he can do brevity. I've ha- I can have quick conversations with this dude. But I think he knows he can kind of unbuckle on a podcast and, and it makes it roll. So, Well, it's not – there is uh, – for people that speculate I'm autistic, here's some confirmation. I am truly incapable of not answering completely. So what I mean by that is like, you know, I, I, I'm – I'm with a woman who lives really far away and we're not able to see each other because of this coronavirus for what could be into the, f- at least the first half of next year, you know? And sh- right. she has some anxieties about that and asked, what if we can't see each other for, for six months, seven months? 
And I said, we'll probably be fine. And that's my way of, of being fully honest, probably. But you can't say, you can't equivocate in, on any level to someone that wants a, a complete affirmation. You know what I mean? So you can't say probably. You have to say, we'll be fine. And then if you don't, if, if you, it doesn't, people are, you know, that Morrissey line, everybody lies, nobody minds. Like mm -hmm. that's the nature of the world because I think like, yo, we're going to be fine, but probably it's just me giving like a very full answer. I feel you know like, I mean? like absolute, absolutes are tough for you. They're way tough, way tough. And to quote, to, to call back to a, a legend of theater, Ewan McGregor, only the Sith deal in absolutes. So, and that's what I say. That's right. Um, now let's get to the jar jarring. Um, yo, also, okay. you should see if you can both fly to Turkey because I think you can still fly there on an American visa. Yeah. Are, are we allowed in anywhere? Probably We're not. allowed in Turkey, maybe okay. Kenya. No, so so Cro Croatia, Croatia broke the European Union's advice. So, so as it turns out, that's just a recommendation that they're all choosing to follow. Uh, it's not a law. Except Croatia said, yeah, okay, oh, whatever. And uh, go to Croatia, Croatia will tomorrow. Have, what a beautiful place. Oh, Croatia is oh, gorgeous. Beautiful. I, beautiful. But uh, she's not allowed in these oh. places. Check because Turkey. she can't leave her own country because she, she lives in a uh, security state uh, that, that uh, acts like everybody's dad. Come on, dad. All right. So um, she'll, he'll meet you in Zagreb in summer of 2021. Oh, yeah. Honeymoon in Zagreb. It's a honeymoon in Zagreb. <laughs> Barity Live, the death of your perfect world. Okay. I don't like this. No, I like it. It's heavy. I mean, it's obviously the precursor. Ter terror is the better version of this. Yeah. To me. I mean, I think it's, you know, along the same lines, and it's pretty far from like, like what Vogel was doing in like despair. Um, I think this is cool. This is heavy. Like this is um, a record that kind of you know. To if you asked people, like th this is one of the records on this list that stood out for a lot of people after the fact. Yeah, I know, and I, I don't relate. Uh, now. Yeah. This became like legendary in its absence. Yeah, this I'm, isn't really I'm my in, bag, but go ahead, Pat. Sorry. I'm in a different place. Like I, we're going to later in this episode, we're going to be talking about stuff that is almost derivative of this, or at least derivative, derivative of Vogel. Uh, even at this, like, you know, Vogel wasn't Vogel and terror yet, but uh, there's stuff later in this list that sounds like despair rips to me. Right. But th this, uh, I don't find buried alive to have the character that I want from a heavy hardcore record like this this might be a platonic standard of some type you know what i mean but it it just doesn't have like the personality that i want this just feels very like go like everything just go like it, it's like balls to the wall the entire time mm -hmm. and there's no kind of yeah like you said nothing really stands out Yo, there it's was like, parts yeah there was parts where i think i feel you tom on that um this record at parts, it also sank to me, like just dragged a little bit. Even though there were other, there were little highlights, flares, because I, I, you know, I hadn't listened to this record in quite a while, and tried to give it a true open ear, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was more hardcore than I remember. But I want to ask Definitely. you guys this: Is this hardcore? Is this metalcore? This hardcore. 
Yeah, this is hardcore. This is hardcore to me with some metalcore parts. Just a little, but it's like, it's structurally hardcore, you know? Um, there's no, like, you go, as we go through, you'll hear a lot more. Um, so this is hardcore. I feel like maybe some of the songs are a little too long, which is kind of, it's not like these songs are, are really long. I just felt that way when I was listening to it. Yeah, and I think and with three minutes of this is tough. Yeah, and I think that with Terror, one of the, you know, formula successes they made was hey let's let's tighten this shit up and and make it a little Two more minutes. tight yeah. right right yep okay um, you know, it, it, interesting how some people like listen a lot of people love this so we can't say that this is like a brick or a failure a lot of people oh, love yeah. this but, but but it's interesting that there are still bands who haven't learned that lesson that was taught 20 years ago now you know like about brevity sometimes yeah less is more yeah no, I mean, I yeah. think that's huge. And I mean, this is a band who's super notable in that way that it's like, like how many, I'm going to look at this track list real quick. Like this is a band who several bands have been named after songs on this record. You know what I mean? We haven't yeah, completed it, but this is, you know, a lot. And yo, know, we're saying this, a lot of these songs aren't that long, but if they were cut down 30 seconds, 30 seconds in a hardcore song can really matter. You know, yeah. so these it's songs are most a regular song. Yeah, most of these songs are floating at two. There's only one three two three minute songs really. You cut some of these, and, and they might have a little more punch, but uh, they they figure that out soon after. Um, sure. I didn't really intro this because we dove right in, but we're in the victory rock block here. Grade <laughs> Bring it on. Grade Triumph and Tragedy seven inch and the Grade Under the Radar LP. This is a complete left turn for them. Okay. I needed to ask a question here because I had thought I liked, like, I don't like grade, but I thought I liked them <laughs> sort of like, and I might've just been confusing them with braid or guilt, or there was another that kind of was in that mix too. But my, my question I wrote down here was, is this just pop punk? And in a very, presidential style just wrote bad exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point yeah i mean i think this like before like the the records before were kind of like proto metalcore mm-hmm. a lot of singing a lot yeah, of screaming 90s yeah yeah you know like um this was kind of like like a cleaned up to me like a very very clean and polished um clean and polished hot water music yeah i can hear that you know, it's not, I didn't. I mean, there were some songs in here that are cool, um, but this never struck me. I didn't really love the metalcore stuff either, but this was definitely like a giant left turn for them. What's the? Um- yeah, I think I think some bands saw what uh, Boy Sets Fire had experienced and yep. and tried to take a run. Oh, yep. good point. What is the Kansas-based emo label? Second Nature. Right, maybe it's it's bigger than that. Uh, it's that not- uh, oh, oh, Dog you're thinking House. of uh, can't wait. Is where's Omaha? Oh, that's Nebraska. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Omaha. What's that label? Saddle, Saddle Creek. Saddle Creek. Yeah, oh. maybe Saddle Creek. No, whatever. It feels like I heard this, and I was as I was listening, I was like, man, I thought this was a metalcore band. This sounds like they heard hot water music. Uh, some of the. Um, Louisville label initial 
initial, some of the more like indie leaning yeah. emo stuff and tried to go that way. For me, this didn't work at all. <laughs> hey, can I ask you guys, did, did, an, was initial ever the coolest in your world? Um, no, but they were always like top three. Yeah, the, the, there was a there was a period where they where initial was a very cool label as so yeah. far as hardcore went. Yeah, they were never the coolest, but they were cool and they were they were, they always they felt unique and yeah, kind of yeah neat, well that's you know fact, yeah. So um, okay, so uh, PK feelings on grade. Uh, I don't think this stuff holds up. That that's the most I can offer here. I I, I really like not even the I, hit. I, I, no, I, I really, I, I'm going to be honest a lot. So a, a, a friend of the podcast, uh, uh, whose brother was in Endeavor who, anyway, Brian Tunney, uh, w- tweeted today about, uh, Hoover. He revisited the oh, first wow. Hoover record for, for the first time in a long time. And he said, Oh, it, it really doesn't have it. And it makes <laughs> me question. It really makes me question that whole thing that happened. Like, I, I guess that's probably the, like, what is that? Annapolis uh, scene, maybe what, where, where, where the fuck yeah. that was. Yeah. A- and, uh, uh, a- and what I tweeted back was, yeah, that, that whole wing of the hardcore mansion is condemned. And, <laughs> uh, a- and that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about. Not that great and Hoover have much in common at all, but just no. th- this idea that that particular, <laughs> that wing is under construction at the moment. Yo, you <laughs> know what's funny too. And I bet you guys are both in the same spot as me on this. I don't vibe on Hoover or almost anything in that world, but it's not for want sake. Like I kind of theoretically some of that stuff. I'm like, Oh, if you did that well, I could see it being really good. I just don't think anybody hit the point on it. You know, well, you can find like a universal order of Armageddon song that rips. You can find like particular tracks that rip, but, but, uh, it's it's not likely you're ever gonna find like it would be hard to convince me that there's a full record in that vein, uh, that that family that works. And we're gonna get to that because there there's stuff that I don't I think is single on an LP. That is what is happening here. <laughs> like right. should have been yeah. a single yeah. somehow an LP. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, hey. Yeah. Good point. Um, okay. Integrity two thousand. I've I, I I'll be totally frank with you guys. If you want to talk about it, that's cool. I have I I have devoted too much time in my life to talking about this record. <laughs> this is too much. Yeah. Get this out of here. Yeah, I'm not into it. Uh, production is bad, and I think this is Dwid's vocal floor. Like this is the worst his vocals ever sounded, um, both on a production and like execution level. I think he was trying to go for something screechier, uh, trying to be a little bit higher in his range, and it just didn't work. There's there's some parts on this that are okay, and then there's stuff that's like, this is a ninety percent bad, ten percent like, decent. Yeah, that ain't bad, right? Yeah. Remember when everyone was putting two thousand after things in nineteen ninety nine? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tag two K, sorry. Yeah, yo the the Y two K fear year nineteen ninety nine like. There was legit. It was it was that thing where I was seventeen, and there was moments, you know, like I knew it was hooey, I knew it was not real. But there were still quiet moments where I was like, man, maybe what if the banks do collapse? <laughs> like, like maybe, maybe Cyberdyne is knocking on my window. Please let me, please let me in, you know, and I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in for you. 
The the victory rock block record that I wanted to sneak here, Blood for Blood, Living in Exile. So this is this is very different than I remember. Um, I, I I really like well, guys. Spit I'm my sorry. last what, breath. Oh, spit my last breath. Spit my last breath. I think has some like really fucking like hell yeah. You want to talk about character? Like the stuff, the 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 uniqueness that I didn't necessarily see in Buried Alive. Yo, that record, the fucking uh, Blood for Blood record, is nothing but character. Uh, yes, this ha- this has the character. I don't think it's got the tracks. Ooh, you're crazy. Uh, but it's sonically very different, so I can understand why if someone was a spit my last breath person, this record might not hit. Tom, where are you at? I'm living in exile. I think this of like the earlier, like the pre say. <sighs> This might be my least favorite Blood for Blood record. Wow. I think Spit, yeah. you know, Revenge on Society, Spit My Last Breath, and fucking Outlaw Anthems, I think are better. Wow. Yeah. Like, I believe like, Pat I, says, like, nothing on this stands out to me. Whoa. Uh, this record, I believe, is their most popular. Was like one of their, was their biggest selling record for a minute. And that could be just timing. But uh, let me look at something really quick. Good tours and yeah, this is I mean, the I peak of uh, of doing, yeah, the song "Living for Ex- Living in Exile," Outlaw Anthems, which is the 2002 record. So it's two records after this, and this is only like a this is like a 12 inch EP, "Living in Exile." But this right. is the only "Living in Exile," the song. Um, it's top man. five. I say that on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like wow, I can't believe Outlaw so, Anthems is probably the. I don't know, man. We toured with them on that Outlaw Anthems record. They were fucking gigantic. I believe it. No, I believe like it. Insane. I, think, I, yeah. I mean, they living in exile is the record where they started doing the, like we're touring, we're opening for hate breed when hate breed. We're opening for yeah. dropkick Murphy's when they're selling out 500,000 cap yeah. rooms everywhere. Yeah. They toured with fear. Like when fear, you know, <sighs> yeah. So this is the record sonically. They traded in, Hate Mosh for Street yeah. Punk. Um, yep. It's a Venn diagram of Street Punk, Hardcore, and Mosh. But if you listen to the music, it's almost devoid of heavy parts. Um, it's rocking. There's elements of like social cock rock. Almost. Yeah, cock rock and so- hair metal was what I was going to say. So not far off from social data. Yeah, that's true. It's all um, on that same Venn diagram. When you listen to – if you were to remove the vocals – no one would want to talk about or admit how clean the guitar sound on this record is. It is clean. Like just, you know, like big production and like, yo, this is my favorite blood for blood record. Uh, Most memorable, (sighs) but listening to it. And I mean, I think it still is. There's a bit of nostalgia there, but, but it was really big and getting to see them around this time was fun. Question for both of you. Does the white trash commentary age well or very poorly? Uh, <laughs> no, no in between. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm leading you, but but I, I also bring it to their material before this and and after. There's a little bit of a tone that um, is very real, and it's where these dudes are coming from. But it's a little, you know, there's some it's skits on rough here. To listen to in 2020. Yeah. The uh, well, hey, 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 honey, can you? What is it? Hey, sweetheart, uh, can you get me those drinks? We we're, we're getting old over here, or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if 
watching them play these songs now or any of their songs, like Rob is obviously like very apologetic. Okay, yeah. Like they'll like he won't say certain parts or he'll be like, "Fuck, I'm really sorry." Like he like literally will apologize before <laughs> songs right. because he. I mean, he was like, "I was really fucked up," you know, and all this sort of stuff. Like I figured they did. They did. I forget what it was, but like he literally was like really sorry ladies like he like apologizes okay. before oh there's some stuff. even this record might be lyrically their most progressive because on on revenge on society and spit my last breath uh you know and it's some of their most popular songs there's some pretty regrettable vibes going on and outlaw anthems is completely regrettable oh is it oh my god they have a song yeah, that there's literally a break. I don't even know why I should say this. It's that bad. Go ahead. I'm going to say some wild shit later because oh. there's one that there's one in here that's just beyond the pale. Well, because we're discussing it, it. we're discussing the. Yeah, the I do not in, in any there's way no endorse condoning. this. Yeah. Rob doesn't even endorse this anymore. Yeah. But like, there's like a part. It's like there's a like kind of like a breakdown. He's like playing, you know, like a clean guitar part, and he goes. Oh my god! I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Fucking your pussy was like oh, fucking yeah. a shotgun yeah, blast right. with gangrene. That's right. Yeah, that's see, right. I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. That's that's a, uh, it's very over the top because if that was, if, if if you felt that way, you shouldn't you shouldn't have fucked. You know what I mean? Like that's a yeah, it's a very yeah. it's very extreme uh, description of something. It, I mean, I've seen gangrene, just, but on like a leg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you I, shouldn't I, be you shouldn't be entering the party if uh, if that's what you're vibing. If you have those yeah. misgivings, if it's you know, but right. I, so I I'm I'm I've expressed my opinion on this, but for listeners that are new, um, I think that uh, so, like ag- acknowledging your personal history isn't celebrating it, and uh, th- these songs could be played straight and as a historical document uh, of somebody's life. And where they were at. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not. He might not want to be reminded of this part in his time in his sure. life. That's entirely, yeah, that's entirely fair. For sure. But, but, but I, but I think that I. So there's a lot going on during this era that would not uh, comport yeah. to our sensibilities now. That's and right. Right. I'm not. And I gotta be I'm honest. Not mad. No matter. With a lot of the blood for blood stuff, the the bar chatter and stuff in the background just adds to the level of like menace in the songs. Well, that's yes. right. And, and I think on this record particularly, <clears throat> so I said, they musically, they got rid of the harder mosh stuff. The heavy parts are gone. But what they did was up the theatrics. They kept that same attitude and like grittiness to it. Yeah, vocals are still hard. But all that par- stuff intermixed makes it so these like otherwise what could be considered soft melodic street punk parts still are playing to a uh, hard mosh and shaved head crowd. You know what yeah. I mean? So, wow, uh, Did you ever fuck uh, with Saints and Sinners? No, uh, they lost right? me hard on that, actually. And and I'm not going to... Really? I, I don't... <sighs> what? How do I put it? So I liked Blood for Blood a good amount. I liked the Ducky Boys, which is Mark, brother, who is right? Rob's right. brother's band. Um. And when they did Saints and Sinners, it just it just didn't it didn't comport it at that time. No, you know, okay. and, and there's elements of it that I bet I could vibe on, but it, at the right, time right, I wasn't right. feeling it because it was Got also it. Anthony Papillardo from In My Eyes. So it was this oh, weird, I yeah, weird <laughs> combination of people whose bands I all liked, and then it was like this, and I was like, eh, this this ain't it. Not the sum of their parts. Rob, uh, Pat, did you ever hear it? 
Yeah. So I was just about to ask. Uh, so, so Tom, I think that street punk and oi is something that uh, y- y- you and I can appreciate, but it's just not in our DNA necessarily. And, no. uh, but Bob, he, like he grew up in a space that was much more, like uh, uh oh. yeah, yeah, much more open oh, yeah. to that. So, so Bob, my question to you is how often do you think street punk and oi crossovers work? Cause this one did for you. And, and but like on average, because we're going to be talking about a band later that I love, that that I think they're, I think their oys are regrettable. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so, no. So um, how, super how infrequently. Super infrequently. It almost always works better when it's coming from street punk oi going to hardcore than the other way. Going from hardcore to that can be rough, but it has to be navigated right. Blood for Blood mm. did it going from hardcore to this. And that's kind of why it was impressive. Like, to give some background, this was a record that in 1999 you could be just driving around on the north side of my town and you'd hear this blasting in people's front yards because everybody loved this record. Like this wow. was a big deal to all the people. Like, yeah, like this was this was one of the records that the the younger generation of punk and hardcore kids uh, in Brick would play on the boombox in the hallways at school and mosh to. Uh, just to give, to give a visual um yeah so um but no uh, uh, it's a rare rare treat we'll call it so like that's why slapshot probably and especially those first two slapshot records where their where their street punk influence is probably the most pronounced really hit for me um that's why certain new york stuff does but not all of it you know that's why like <clears throat> you know the idea of some of the more like street punk leaning, like sheer terror has parts of that, you know, but not a ton. It's like why that material is so like, it can be really good, but it's such a rare mix to, to nail. So yeah, like, like, yo, when AF went more street punk, I'm out. I was out. No, not interested. And I don't think they did it terribly. I just wasn't interested. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to talk more blood for blood or, or think we're good right now? I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's stay. Thank the- you. This is the year 1999. No. <laughs> yeah. um, staying in Boston, but a slightly, but like, this is one of my points for this band. Not far off. Uh, Reach no. the sky. Everybody's hero. Seven inch came out, but more importantly, their LP so far from home came out, which I think is their first LP reach the sky. Yes. Um, I personally have a, uh, a a place in my heart for this band. Um, they were, I mean, they were they were a pop punk band for all intents and purposes, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I thought it was really uh, uh, well done. They were like the like one of the you know the band that pop punk kids and all the hardcore kids could still like, for sure. Which I think is kind of rare. You know, what I mean, now it's a little bit more open, but like back then, you couldn't be like. You know, I, you could you can only go as far afield as like, you know, say reach the sky and and like far side and sense field. Well, yeah. right, and, uh, and, and reach the sky specific vein of this. Like, yeah. I think I think they actually would go. Like, I think if you put reach the sky pop punk on their flyer at this era, they'd be mad. Two years later, they'd be like, eh, all right, that's fine. Um, yeah, but, yeah, wrong. Yeah. but but you're not wrong at all about that. They 
they start to really uh, flourish some melodic and like pop punkier, like more epic songwriting stuff on these records for sure. Yeah, super catchy. It's well done. I really, um, I enjoyed my time hanging out with these dudes and stuff. And I just thought, you know, I, I think, um, you know, to hear this kind of music coming out of Ian was always crazy to me. He's like this big brawling like hockey dude, and he's writing these like like love songs and stuff. You know what I mean? I thought it was always you know it was in, the juxtaposition was always really fun, cool. Mm. Yes, um, fan of this LP when I was young at the time. Uh, hasn't aged very well for me. A uh, couple of the songs still tracked. I think the song "She Really Loved You," yep, which That's actually it. he kind of croons a bit more on that one, and it, it hit. Um, how do I put this? It, it it's like this specific brand of melodic hardcore that, like, you're right. Like, if you see a dude like Ian Larrabee, like these dudes are like big dudes you're like wait what? and then you hear it you're like oh it's kind of melodic he's definitely singing he's not talking about you know smashing people though you look and go well that dude looks like he could definitely smash someone <laughs> um and uh yeah i mean a few tracks still still were good some of it totally lost me and and it was it was one of the biggest like okay what's my nostalgia level on this one as part of this lesson um, yeah, and I think I mean I preferred Friends Lies and the Ends of the World, which is the next record right. is my go-to for them. But I think this is definitely a solid record. But I just I there's more songs in there that I really loved. Um, I, I like the production think, on this one yeah. more than the next one. Yes, but but Great. I think you're but and also I think I don't know what what changed for Ian's voice, like the vocal production. I like better on here than the next one. But but they were also doing different stuff, so I couldn't really. I'm not going to say it was yeah. better or worse, you know. PK, yeah, I mean, just, oh, sorry, Tom, please go. No, no, I mean, it's it's really not, I mean, it's not really far from another band that we'll be talking about later, like H2O. Oh. Yeah, and there's another, right? there's, another, it's, there's two. It's melodic hardcore with guys that can, like, carry a tune, but they're not, like, fucking opera singers. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, right, a great melody. H2O know? might have, the only difference might be H2O had a slightly better, like, um, like, and this isn't to say like I actually think this is a neutral position. H2O had more of a like pop sensibility to some of their 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 choruses and stuff. Uh-huh. But that's almost to say like a more commercial sensibility. So I'm not saying one was one. It's not like quantitative. This is better than this. It's just different styles, you know. Yeah, I mean, one was going for a certain thing. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, PK, reach the sky. Uh, these guys got hands like cinder blocks, so best we just keep it moving. I would like to shout out Stu from Reach the Sky. I hope he's doing well. I know he's going through yeah, some, same. some same. health stuff. He's yeah. a wonderful guy. Um, also, And in- so, yeah, I hope him and his family are doing well. Right. Very good. Same. Um, yes. Uh, good, good. Godspeed on all that. Um, no innocent victim. <laughs> Speaking of God, uh, no innocent victim, <laughs> flesh and b- blood. This is my first time hearing this band. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty uh, heavy as far as Christcore goes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Christcore has some like crazy shit. It did, but, but we just don't. I just wouldn't even listen to it because of the subject matter. 
Oh, like, I mean, just uh, any band from New York in fucking 1999. You know what I mean? Right, Pat. What were the pits like for Notice and a Victim? Yeah. What were the? Uh, oh, what I I pits? didn't. I never saw them. I don't even know if they toured up here. Um, so uh, very mad ball. You didn't fly to out to see them. <laughs> Yo, this was way. <laughs> more, I, I, <laughs> this I wish was, I did. This was way more New York hardcore than I thought it was going to be. I was. Oh yeah, it's it like still on like mad ball worship. Right, 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 right. Um, like I wasn't. I wasn't bothered i i mean i it didn't pull me in but i was like oh okay here's the that's part fine. that's okay right um how how christy are the lyrics i think relatively christy i think they're pretty christy to the point I've t- i think i've told the story on this podcast before that we were supposed to play gilman street yeah with, right. indecision was supposed to play with known as victim and um I believe the the guy that was running shows then was this guy named Chris Hall. Okay. And yeah. he was like so worried. Not Rich Hall. Chris yeah. Hall. Um, he was so worried that there'd be beef between the <laughs> bands that he wouldn't book it. But like meanwhile, we probably would have gotten along famously. But like people were like, sure. well, you guys are the fucking atheist band that like breaks crosses. This band is a Christian band that will fight you. Maybe we'll hold off. <laughs> so we never got to play with them. <laughs> funny um i yeah i know I, I don't like uh i don't like religious people that blow themselves up or or, or uh or uh run inquisitions uh crusades etc but i don't mind the harley john joseph krishnas or the or the no innocent victim christians mm-hmm. that or like you know, like biker Christians, basically, like people that have a uh, there's something appealing about faith to them, but maybe they got just a little too much goon, you know what I mean? And uh, like, uh, just can't, you know, they might apologize afterwards, but it doesn't mean you're not getting popped. And I, I think that that's like a a funny lane to exist in. Uh, <laughs> it's true. This yeah. is definitely like a basketball jersey band. Oh yeah. yeah. When I picture a known as victim, I picture this. Singer was a shaved head dude with a goatee and always had a uh, basketball jersey on. Like, and that's how I, that might have been one promo picture, but for my entire life, when I think of known as a victim, that's what I think. <laughs> that That's burned in. Um, yo, so, so quick, quick question here, Patrick. You're, you're the Dave Quiggle super fan, I believe, uh, on the podcast. That's a fact. This is a band from San Diego. That dude is, I believe, from Erie. Is that correct? Yep. That's correct. That's a fact. How did that all work out? Because, I mean, clearly, maybe you could just say um, he went to San Diego once and said, hmm, this is better than Erie. It's probably like well, some I- tooth and nail or like over like one of those records, right? Like face down. Yeah. Face down. Face down. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'd be interested. I never met the dude that runs face down. I'd be I'd be interested in speaking to him. That's like such an odd lane to occupy for so long because it wasn't like I don't think they ever went metalcore in the way that tooth and nail had their solid state metalcore days you know you know what i mean so i right. I, I what an interesting like oh hey i put out goon music <laughs> for christ you know what I mean? like, it's a very <laughs> interesting idea um so uh let's see i'm i'm looking up uh well i can't uh, believe you it, didn't fall down a face face down records wormhole like i did today um they do they have done some pretty metal stuff uh, but nothing, nothing too, too, too crazy. Uh, they also have done um, what was well, it? First, uh, first uh, jump start, first start, first strike, 
which was like their minor league face down label. Yes. And then yes. they did uh, Dream Something, uh, which was their more like Christian alt rock, indie, and classic rock. Christian but, rock. But this re- record label. But this is like straight okay, up. Okay, right, right. So, so, but here's the thing. Uh, Quiggle was putting out, he put out a lot of music this year. Cause he also was in uh, X disciple X at the same time, which released music this year. So he was just churning out heavy fucking music. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, was Quiggle in no innocent victim or did he do the art? I th- he's getting credit for being in it. Yeah. So, oh, so I, 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 uh, yeah. Okay. I didn't know that either, but he's, uh, <laughs> I, so I had no idea, but he's, he's getting credit. Um, <laughs> Bobby knew Bob knew all about it. <laughs> Come on. No, no, no. Come on. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. I thought you liked yeah, Jesus no, and metalcore. God. Bob's drinking out of a chalice right <laughs> now. And, and like fucking poison the welling over here. Um, Body in the blood. Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I might have known him by his name variation in credits, according to Discogs, which is uh, <laughs> the Quigley Down Under, uh, the Quiggler, and his quig, Quigness. <laughs> With the Quigness. Um, you should get him to do some sort of weird um, project with you, PK. Maybe that could be section. maybe that could be your duet record with Tom. Done is, is you guys get Quiggle to write some music, you get some all star players, and, and we'll we'll figure that out. Mm. Yeah, my duet never happened. There's still time, Tom. Pat was like, if you if you want to do a band that wasn't a decision, what would it sound like? And I mentioned things, and he never heard. I never heard from him again. <laughs> Life is long, though. You know what I mean. Don't don't rule it's, it out. It's taking forever. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> Victory, not to say like that's that's a pretty busy year. You know what I mean? That is a busy year. What I want to say, we we broke this up in a couple different ways. Uh, some some things in labels, some things just in broader general scopes of things. But pretty busy year for Victory. We're going yeah. to uh, to move to the five one eight. Wow! Equal Vision Records, uh, Snapcase, Boy Sets Fire, Split. First question: Do you guys remember how everywhere this? record and cd were yes yeah i also remember this was not supposed to be boy sets fire oh who was it supposed to be i remember correctly this is supposed to be a Snapcase far split oh you're right you're totally right and four broke up that's right because i remember being like oh that'd be i loved four like that water and solutions record i love it and like I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Like I think Snapcase, this would be a cool split. And then they're like, well, we broke up, but Boy Sets Fire took our place on the split. I was like, fuck. Mm. Uh, this is to me, Snapcase. This is their best material, in my opinion. It's the closest to Quicksand. Uh, the production was really good. Um, not to say that I'm really putting this on, but but it felt like really different from the material that came before, and kind of I guess it predicted the uh the record that was to come after this sure. yeah the bright flashes era right. um so so, so uh with, i actually really enjoy the police cover on this record <laughs> right uh <laughs> it, it, it's it's pretty well done all things considered uh and the song energy dome is just dope you're right it's not it's not far from quicksand that's that's exactly what i was thinking energy dome is as close as it gets for them uh boy sets fire was are any of the three of us a boy sets fire like even halfway? No, I don't no. think so, right? Yes. No. Oh, yeah. Tom likes the Incrystallis record. Oh, okay. What, what did you No, and I love the, the Day the Sun Went Out record. Okay. What do you oh, feel? Because right. this right. feels like it's their transition to the next thing they did after that era. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
um, that the 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 day the sun went out record sounds like garbage. Yes, very bad. Songs, songs are cool. I really love the songs, but like this is right before they went like they lost me. Like I, that's the only that and the Chris Alice record are the only ones I really fuck with. And then I like some of the earlier stuff. Um, this is the transition of big room hardcore band. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and just wasn't really for me. Yeah. Still big in Germany, so they did something right, but um <laughs> Yeah, this this was like, yeah, their their transition to like better recordings and more more singing and less screaming and Okay, quick fun question for you both. It's 2020. You or it's 2022. There's a there's a big the uh return to live music festival we'll call it. Snapcase is playing, Boy Sets Fire is playing. You are legally obligated to be up front for one or the other of these two bands singing along with the idea that you know you're going to be in promo photos of this band singing along. Which do you choose? Are you going to be in the Snapcase promo photo or Boy Sets Fire? I would be in a Snapcase promo photo today. Yeah, I'd probably go Snapcase, but knowing their set list, they play boring shit. I know, I know, I know. Just get to the hits, fellas. Yeah, I know. And they don't. I guess you, yeah. I think I, we're we're three for three. Snapcase promo photo. Yeah. All right. Um, saves the day through being cool. Who's gonna kick it off? I'll kick it off. Oh, kick it! I fucking hated this band in, in 1999. Same. And I am sorry because this record's fucking great. Um, fact. Cancel down was cool. I feel like this is so much better. So much better. Um, it's a, I mean, it's just a it's a great summer pop punk record, you know, and like Chris, like kind of grew into like his songwriting chops and stuff like that. And his um, voice and his voice. True. Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, he's a young kid. Even at this time, it's crazy. I think he's um, like uh, he's within six. 18, months. 19? He's like six months older than me. So he might be 18 at this point. Right, so his second LP came out when he was eighteen, right? And they're both like pretty famous records. Um, I feel like the cover is fucking iconic. True. Yep. Um, I watched a bunch. They did like a twentieth anniversary thing at the end of last year. So they're all like these different videos. So like a friend of mine um, is on the cover. She's like the redhead woman that's kind of like turned away from like the couch. Yep. Like mm. people would recognize her at like posy numbers. Yep. That's funny. Fucking crazy, you know. Um, this this might be heresy, but I like the cocaine era of Saves the Day. I like the record after this, the 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 mini major record. See, uh, I thought that record was fantastic. That I, might be their best record. I think it's the best record for sure. And you, you guys result, and, and people who like. are younger than us definitely stand on that hill. That record's great. After yeah. that, I'm gone. But that record, stay Not what you are. Woo. Yeah. Woo. After that, right out the door, people will say in reverie, they're wrong. So uh, saves the day through being cool. Yo, went to the record release show, went to the 20th anniversary show. Fucking, you know, oh, that's chat, right. how, how my ass tastes on that. Um, shout, shout out to Anxious. <laughs> shout out to Anxious. Um, saves the day through being cool. Uh, love the record. Has aged well. Um, I think there's there are times where I, in my head, debate if I like can't slow down more. But that's not true. It's just that I have a great deal of nostalgia for both records. Sure. Here is my recommendation for anyone trying to listen to Saves the Day who isn't already a fan or who's coming to it fresh. Do it in the energy of this listen 
listen to a bunch of these other 1999 hardcore records and then put this record on, it feels like walking through a desert and having one of those like giant buckets of water at a water park being poured on you. It just, it's a real palate cleanser. It stands out. It's sugary sweet. It's, you know, like you could certainly call it hokey. If you're in a down mood, maybe you don't want to listen to it, but it is a fun record. Um, Still enjoy it. Uh, Can listen to it start to finish today, tomorrow, whenever. Um, And, you know, the the biggest problem with Saves the Day was probably like at the time they were getting big and it wasn't lame to like them, but they certainly had some fans that were kind of rough. Like they definitely were a band where hardcore kids liked them, but you know who really liked them? People who were trying to not be hardcore kids anymore. Yes. Desperately. Like, yes. So yeah. you got a lot of the like, oh, you you still like you still like moshing, huh, bro? Yeah. Sorry. It, are you going to mosh me? Like that was that was a vibe you would catch <laughs> on the today show. Um, but I feel like that was a lot of that era's mute like that's where like as much as we love them, far side. Oh. And that well, those kind of bands were like that like just to the left of center of hardcore that like the people that were like trying to like be aloof got into yeah, for sure for sure and and, I don't, and and like saves the day probably just hits because they were younger and new jersey so i i was watching people who were my age or a year older who were like out and wearing the uh the 90s starter kit of like post hardcore which was like i've got rimmed glasses and my hair is getting shaggy yes and there's no describing to people how quickly that grabbed there would be a dude that would be in a uh, a shitty local mosh band sound like hatebreed who would then immediately pivot like within a within a night really oh yeah to this kind of caricature glasses you know I'm not a kid anymore, so I don't know what fucking identity crisis his kids are going through. But the, the the ones that I've seen in my life have been pretty fucking galling. Yeah, yeah. So we we don't need to go too hard into this because hardcore goes through a radical aesthetic change one year from this. Yes, but but <laughs> saves the day shows went from 1998 being like emotional youth crew boys jumping around in cargo shorts and looking sad to wait. There's people wearing Weezer shirts at this show, non-ironically. Oh, well, kind of ironically, but also if you were to ask them, they'd say, well, of course Pinkerton is the best record that's ever come out, like in in that non-ironic way at all. So, yes, yes. (sighs) Pinkerton is pretty great. Like it. (laughs) Like it. We we won't we won't go hard there. But uh, yo, here's a question for you, Tom. Yeah. Saves the day through being cool or Pinkerton? Pinkerton. Okay, I think I might go through being cool. It's, I just like Pinkerton. I thought it was great from the get go. Yeah. Just, oh, this one. Yeah, and you weren't a fan of that's well, actually. I love point. Lifetime. Ah, uh, yeah. And I felt like this. I mean, this is definitely different. But like, can't slow down was like oh. the next Lifetime record. Pulling at the strings. Pulling. You know what I mean? This strings, is it yeah. starting to get into its own lane. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of, but not to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they They're merging. Uh, I wonder if these dudes would actually cop like, like just to set the record straight. Like, these dudes definitely ripped off Lifetime. Like, just straight up, blatant. I mean, I think Chris would probably admit that. Yeah, I think I think they would now. I think at the time they were a little reticent to do it, 
But, uh, but I mean, yeah, of they, course. I mean, I would get it. Imagine you're like an 18 year old, and everyone that like you probably looked up to in hardcore is like you're just fucking rip off. Yeah, yeah, you oh, it, it, yeah. I'm sure it was not an easy time, but all right, um, Bane. It all comes down to this. All right, fucking hot take. I don't like this record. I think many people didn't, right? Like, wasn't this the controversial one? Well, because Steve Austin recorded it or produced it. Right. Yeah. So it sounds weird, but I don't think the material on here is great. Uh, I don't recall what we said when we went full Bane discography, but if I recall. You like this yeah, one. This is it, the one you like, I think, Pat. What What's the opener on it? Is this, can we start again? That's the record, yeah. Uh, um, can we start again is on this record, yes. Fuck what you heard okay. is the opener. Oh, fuck what you heard is good, man. Struck down um, by me is good. Obviously, yeah, the I'm hit, not hating can this. we start again is the hit. I'm not hating this. Um, to me, this record is probably aged better than than some Bane material. I don't ever really go to it, but... Um, but I remember that criticism, Tom, for sure. Like that is a huge criticism of this record. By today's standard, it doesn't sound that weird to me. Um, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Going back, but like at the time, it was kind of like because Steve Austin did "When Forever Comes Crashing" and this, like within a year of each other. Right. Mm. <laughs> Not so, Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, no, diff- different Steve Austin. <laughs> Today's the um, day Steve Austin. But I feel like the material on here is not, I mean, they only played maybe two songs off this in, in any regularity. I mean, one of them is the biggest hardcore the thing along ever. Um, but yeah. Um, they would probably, I know we've talked about yeah. this, but it, it, isn't it odd that there was an era where, where hardcore kids jocked the living shit out of Steve Austin? The living shit. It was such a weird time. When everyone had, the, he thought it was. Uh, yeah, I know. He thought it was weird. Yeah. When did that become like a thing? When they started playing with like coalesce and converge and stuff. Yeah, gotta be. I think. Yeah, I think it was this era. Like this was peak of that. You know. Yeah. What was the Temple of the Morning Star or whatever? That was like the record that. Everyone yes. Played. That was the record that everyone jocked for a minute. Yes. Good album, Mark. Iconic. Yeah, it is. So, all right, question for you guys. As bigger Bane fans than I, uh, though Patrick is probably just slightly, um, is this the, using it gently, is this the least, the lesser of the Bane LPs? Yes or no? Uh, so give blood, uh, the note, and uh, uh, don't wait up are the others. It's either this or the note, but the note has some fucking hits that they still played live. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say this. Oh, see, I thought the note was the less. Uh, you know what? I really would have to be looking at the track listing. I, I don't recall. I think the note gets less respect, but the note also had like the worst art in human history. So I don't. I, maybe that's just what's poisoning me right now. From what I'm saying. Yeah, the note artwork is kind of bad. Tom, um, are yeah. you as impacted as it seems like me and Pat are by album art? Like album uh, art fucks me up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because they're usually their artwork is always pretty fucking cool and this was kind of like i don't know what's really happening here i think there's the first record with um bob from from reach the sky playing for them sure um and like nick um brannigan that played on the earlier stuff um i don't know if he played on all of it 
maybe that dude Ben Chooses played on something, whatever it was. Oh, sure. Like, sure, he sure. had, like, a certain fucking, like, panache. Like, he played. Like, if you listen to those, like, um, if you listen to, like, Give Blood, the stuff that Nick was playing was, like, so interesting. Mm-hmm. And Bob's is a really, really good, like, solid punk hardcore rock drummer. While Nick was, like, had a lot of, like, flourishes to his work. True. Um, I'm trying to pull up the 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 note. Um, let's see. The note my therapy's on there, Pat. Yeah, note has pot committed. My therapy, swan song. Swan song's a hit. Mm. Um, maybe would have coulda, coulda shoulda. Yeah, I mean, I feel like those, both those songs, both those records have like three songs that are still live jams. Hmm. Yeah, okay. but maybe not as complete as as the other records. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I think of Bane, I think of this album art still. It all comes down to this art. But that's also time and place. Really good album art. You know, because, yeah, it's weird. It's it's certainly of the time, but it, it, it's it's the art I think of. Um, okay. Well, well it's. It, I think this is a Jake joint, right? It looks like a Jake joint. Might yeah. be. Yeah. Um, I think it is. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yes, it is. Trial are these our lives? Um, uh, we've. I feel like I've talked this record to death with yeah. my ambivalence. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I. I feel like I keep every time it comes up. I go, yeah, I don't get it yet. You know what I mean? And didn't get it again this time. Might have been unfair. I just listened to three tracks this time, and I said, I don't fucking get it. I like, and, and then stop. I mean, I think it's like, oh yeah, judge strife kind of worship. Yeah, Maybe not strife because they were kind it, of I, like I hear strife. Time. I hear strife. I do too, but I don't know if those dudes like. I feel like like Greg and Tim are like the strife dudes' age, so I don't know if for they're sure. Like, but but think about some of the other players in it. You know what I mean? And, no, that's fair. And the you know yo you can you can be peers and, and be influenced even if no, you're subconscious fair. you know. But I think like that intro is one of the fucking greatest intros with the 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 string accord you know and going into that first song with the hi hats and stuff like that um i think there's like four and i mean even when greg was on he admitted like there's like four great songs on here mm. yeah and you know that then- that go off you know that come off live and you know what i feel like a lot of bands would be stoked to have four songs that come off live <laughs> for sure yo here so here's the question because we we will talk about this and we do it with certain bands like this record was big uh, like, like it shouldn't be, it should not go unstated here. Uh, saves the day through being cool. Bane, it all comes down to this and trial. Are these our lives? Were really fucking big records. Like these yeah. were three very okay. popular records and trial had broken up by the time this record came out. That's right. Didn't were they, did they do one final tour with this record or was it before like, the record they, actually came out? I feel like it might've been before it came out and then it came out. People were like, Holy fuck. That's like this right. is head and shoulders. They have best material. And no one got to see yeah. Would Could this head and shoulders? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Even as, as a non fan, like this isn't, I'm not sure. It is, it's, um, it's strife with a little bit more double bass and, you know, a, a little bit more epicness to it, which yeah. maybe, yeah. like, like I'm sure that it appeals. Like, if you like Modern Life is War and Strife, you should definitely hear Trial, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, could this record have been as big as it was or as impactful if it was like a six song EP? Oh, absolutely. I say, I say yes. 
I think about that. I mean, I think quality would be higher, but I don't know if the reach gets out there as much. You know what I mean? I, I, I could be wrong, but it's sort of funny that like that difference people put for an LP, quote unquote, versus an EP. Because like certainly, EPs are almost disposable. Right, right. Well, comparatively, you know, comparatively, like you'd have to, you couldn't, like, if this was, if somebody's like, oh, it's a four song seven inch and all four songs are bangers, it's cool, but that doesn't feel as impactful as a six song 12 inch EP. You know what I mean? Even if two of the songs are sure. trash. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It's something to think about. All right. So that's, that's, we have talked about trial a lot. Um, a record we haven't talked a ton about. Uh, ten yard fight, the only way. <laughs> I could uh, safely say I have not talked a ton about this record. I really like this record. Mm. Okay. I'm a I'm a fan of ten yard fight. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna I mean, people can guess, but but I'll hold so we can hear uh, Patrick uh, Sportsball Kinlan talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't need. I don't need this in my life at all. Did you not like football I, I, as much as maybe you should have? Or what? what's the story? No, you know what? I really hated football as a kid. It's only in more. adulthood that I like football. Do you like the 10-yard uh, well, fight video game? Uh, no. Not great. I, I, not listen, great, my, honestly. Uh, here's my beef, with, here's my beef with, with football. And if you guys gravitated to it at a young age, maybe you could tell me what I was missing. Because okay. now I can enjoy it, but I would still rather watch Red Zone. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't need to see every play because listen, I'm not like a soccer guy. And certainly I like baseball, which some people think is slow as fuck, but football for an average, what's the average uh, yardage? Like what, two, what's the average gain? Oh, I mean, it's, it's that's, when we were kids, guys, when we were kids, you're probably talking two to six. Now what? it's probably eight to 14, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause that's like painful for me as a kid. There's a lot of falling over like, and then waiting. Yes. So, all right. And, let's, let's, so you're asking the question, how, how, to, how to like football um, at that time? Because Red Zone, look, football is so different now. It would almost be like if baseball, if the pitcher had a, like a, a pitch clock. Like, yo, you got to get up there and throw the ball. They do now. Do they? But, like, yeah. I mean, I want to say, like, extreme. Like, you have eight seconds. Oh yeah, it's not. It's like thirty. It's seconds. not that. Like, like I think it'd be like that because how quickly they've pushed the game, so that it's more red zone. Football in the eighties into the nineties, and I mean certainly before that, had more like like baseball. How it's like, hey, there's a lot of stoppages in play. There's breaks. Like, what I think you were probably missing as a young fan was any sense of drama to it and pacing. And that's a fact. and that's that's where you you have to get that from, uh, like being passionate or following a player or just catching some of the magic of football. Right. Or you know what, seeing it live too. Seeing it live was really that's that's a big one because um, you can yeah, see plays develop. Uh, it's fun, fun, fun time actually. Yeah, it's fun. Um, being a being a Denver Broncos fan was really good because one, Elway was awesome, but two, the team wasn't always awesome. So he almost had to be magical, and he was. So that yeah. always, like, you never felt like you were out of the game. And having that made uh, it so that you could slog through stuff. That has made me more interested in the NBA since LeBron. Uh, when LeBron has nothing to work with, I actually love the NBA. I, I think I think it's like this. Because he can literally carry an entire team on his back. 
Yes. It's yes. It, it is one man yes. a, a, against all odds. It's like watching a, like, like a, a you know, like a seventies, uh, uh, like light action fair. You know what I mean? Like, it's like <laughs> really like just, it's like watching, it's like watching a movie. The it's NBA. Great. Yeah. That's exactly. I, I think you could be a sucker for a lot of these in sports because it's the one thing in baseball. Tom, t- tell me if you agree with this in baseball. Typically the only player who can do that is a pitcher. Right, and he only gets to do that every five days. Right, and so a pitcher can just put a game on his back and just be like, yeah, I got this. Football, maybe you get a running back who can carry it. Maybe you get a defensive player who really goes on a hot run, but usually it's just the quarterback, and when you see that in football, it's pretty amazing. Um, Basketball, it's incredible. I mean, LeBron's a great example. There's lots of players where that's where the drama of sports really unfolds. So uh, how do we – Right, him and like Kobe just being like, fuck it. Oh, I'm like just going to take it over. Like this is what when, I'm doing. When Shaq fouls out of a finals game, and Kobe literally walks over as a 20 year old and goes, "I got this," and wins right. the game for them. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and LeBron is honestly one of the best. Like he seeing him do that shit's incredible. Ten uh, yard fight, the band, the only way. Patrick, did you listen? <laughs> yeah, but I can't say I listen much. This. <laughs> I, I what what is the other record? What's the other? Uh, there's uh, Hardcore Pride, and then there's Back on okay. Track. Oh shit! Which one is Blue? Hardcore Pride, Big Wheel. Okay, so so, th- so that one I owned as a kid. Good. So I certainly listened to it and tried to like it. Ten Yard Fight. What, what, what's the? There's like one goofy Slapshot esque track on that that's memorable, isn't that right? I mean, there's a ton. Oh, they they do do a chant, I think, on one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> they do a chant. Okay, so uh, I just listen. This was this one is lost on me. I'm happy for everybody that enjoys it, which seems to be a dwindling amount of human beings represented. Maybe thirty percent of those people left on the planet uh, are my other co-hosts. So I'm I'm just going to let you all enjoy it and not try to take anything away from it. Uh, the only way is the probably the most fully recognized version of tenured yeah. fight fully realized rather. Um, it's really good. The song, um, the only way is really good. Proof's really good. What I say really has a voice that you could pick out of a crowd. Oh Jesus. Yes. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's doesn't, that doesn't get stated enough. I feel like a lot of the bands of this ilk and of this time period, it could be like, this could be anybody. Oh, like sure. if, yeah. you could put wrench on like a fucking no one is in victim song and it'd be like is that wrench from tender fight <laughs> like he's got a very distinct voice no question uh i think this is a good final ep yeah uh, i went to an anti-flag vision 10-yard fight show in 1999 under right. the guise of Oh, I'm going to go look at Boston University. And really, I just wanted to go see Ten Yard Fight. It was supposed to be the first show they had these <laughs> records at. Uh, I believe they did have them. and uh, But then they that was like, I think I missed them. Got there for like four songs of Vision, which I was excited for. And then left before Anti-Flag played because, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you uh, your government. Got it. Yeah. Not, not me. Um, uh, it ain't me. So, uh, yeah, this is a great record for 10-yard fight. Uh, it's a – Pat said it very well. Dwindling relevancy, but it, it shouldn't be understated how popular they were in the late 90s and how big of part of the whole, like, late 90s straight edge, youth crew revival, whatever you want to call it, uh, that they were. They were huge. It's one of three. 
Fact. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Like it, it's, you know them, I mean? it's them in my eyes and floor punch right at the top. 100%. And, and in a conversation with younger dudes this weekend, they're like, oh, how big was floor punch to you when you were young? And I was like, yo, they were really big. I, I really liked them. But I was like, I kind of took them from granted. And to be honest, I really loved football and 10 yard fight was more important to me. And they looked at me like I had three heads, rightfully so, because I was like, please let me just as an adult state, floor punch runs circles around this band musically in every which way but at the time like this is a band who's had football helmets on their shirt what am i supposed to do like that's incredible (laughs) um oh and and if you aren't a youth crew fan musically this isn't youth crew like no the only way is the closest it gets but the earlier materials way more new agey strife it's a little more stripped down but like there's no it's it's only youth crew and aesthetic which is kind of funny all right um. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Now for something completely different and maybe completely different from anything else on this list almost anything else we could talk about death by stereo. If looks could kill, I'd watch you die LP on indecision records, not the band. <laughs> um, this is cool. I know a lot of people that love it. I never skated. So I feel like this type of stuff is always kind of just out of my comfort zone. Um, but this is, this is, this is their hit, right? This is their big record. Well, this was the big record among like hardcore kids. Yes, yes. I believe they, the record they, after this might have gone bigger. This is a record on Indecision. They immediately moved to I think Epitaph after this. Oh, okay. And and I think had a few year run where they were you know doing the big summer festival tour circuits, all that fun stuff. I mean, they're insane musicians. Um, having seen them a bunch, they're super fun. We played. Club 797, I think it was, in Latham. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, Love it. Sure. They opened for death for MPB there. We showed up like five minutes before they were supposed to play because um, we got stuck in I-87 traffic. Um, yeah. No, but I think like this is a band like I put every time I listen to it, I go, this is really good. I should listen to this more. And I just don't for some stupid reason. Patrick. 
Is this yes. System of a Down on Epitaph Records? Uh, it's Skate Video System of a Down. Okay, good. I like the way you put that. Um, Tom, when I was, you know, when this came out, not just did I like it, but like all my friends loved it. We yeah. all got into it. It was like really, loves this shit. Oh yeah, it was really fun. They yep. played a show in New Jersey at, at um, Eminem Hall. Eminem right. Hall with like Throwdown. I think, I think Ensign. Adamantium Ensign. Uh, yeah, Ken talks about that show like it was. Seemed it, like the Chrome Eggs at the Ritz. I mean, it was pretty wild because it was Packed. like it was it was a true mixer. Like people kind of don't totally get this, but New Jersey had at least two scenes, probably more like three or four at that point. Yeah, yeah. and everyone converged on this weird VFW hall in Old Bridge for it, and uh, it was packed. And and Death by Sarah's set was wild. So, all that said, I've probably listened to this record three times since the year two thousand. Uh, it's cool. It's really all over the place. The singer's vocals are in that um, Jello, Jello, yeah. Serge Tanaka kind of yeah. world where it's really singular. It's a little bit on top of the music, but I think they recognize how unique this dude's voice was. So, so they kind of rolled with that. Um, Incredibly fun live. Yeah. Even if like I've, I saw them a bunch of times without having heard the records, and I was like, this is fucking – they're really fun. Like, they're as big as they should be because they're that good live that I get it. And and I should say, I have not heard a single note beyond this record, which is kind of weird. I don't know what happened there, but but this record was really popular. And I think, yeah, you kind of identified it. Skate Video, uh, them signing to Epitaph was not a weird thing. It totally made sense for the energy that they brought. Um, interesting band. And, and I think we've big upped it, but these guys are still – in a variety of ways, uh, involved in all sorts of things, hardcore and small music scenes. Uh, yeah. Singer, I think, runs the program program in Orange County. Paul Miner is a dude who, man, what a good guy. I worked with him a lot when I was in California. So shout out to Paul Miner, who was a part of this. There's Paul Miner. It was Jim Miner. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the tattooer, one's like a record. Like a, yeah, Paul's the like, recording guy. Yeah, he, I worked with him a ton. There's um, Dan Palmer. Who was oh, in? Um, he's in Billy Biohazard's band now. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah, I, we walked into Stone Pony when Billy Biohazard was opening for Sick of It All, and we were like, "What? Like, what the fuck is happening?" Um, and then Keith Barney from Throwdown was in this at some point. Yes, and Jared right. Alexander. Yes, that's right. So, so kind of or like random, yeah, yeah, murders well, row of of weird musicians and the like. So, shout out to Death by Stereo. Um, Good riddance, Operation Phoenix. I know precisely one uh, person who likes this record, and he loves it. Uh, I am purely apathetic towards it. I'm apathetic. Yeah, towards I think Tom fan. is going to be the. Oh, really? I thought you were going to be the only Good riddance fan in the in the building. Oh no, <laughs> I've, I've <laughs> I have a story that I don't really like them after this, but yeah. Okay. Can I tell yeah, the story? Uh, Please, sure. It's nothing I th- like. I think I think I, I think I might have heard it. Did they like eat up your set time? What they do? No. So this is not like a sort. Like there's nothing that they you know. Um, and I always like argue like Jerry, my buddy Jerry, loves them and loves them as people. And I'm always like, fuck those dudes. I mean, it happened 22 years ago, but I still jokingly like hold like a fucking. I still have an action with them. Yeah. So for some reason, we're in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's Indecision Silent Majority on tour. 
Um, we're playing Ann Arbor, Michigan with a band called Dogs of War, which is an offshoot of Cold as Life. Very, oh, wow. you know, okay. Next door, literally next door. Ensign, good riddance. Like, oh, they wouldn't combine. So yes. they were like, so we were working on it. The promoter's like, hey, man, there's like fucking 40 kids next door. There's 700 kids at the show. Like, can we just combine the shows? Good riddance was like, sure. They got to play after us, though. And they wouldn't. They put us in silent majority after them. And, of course, fucking most of the club cleared out. Yeah. And I was like, that's really fucking shitty. Because, like, if I was a fucking big hardcore band that, like, there's 700 people here waiting to see us play. No one's leaving. Yo, Tom. Fuck good riddance. I just thought that was a real shitty. I'm like, they're fake punk hardcore kids anyway to me. Uh I feel like they're all fronts. But like if, to do that, they're like, they're, yo, they could play, but like they could play. I'm like, then what the fuck's the point? So now I got to wait till one o'clock to shit the bed and not do it at fucking eight thirty. <laughs> like, I'd rather get it over with. Tom, Tom, I know, I knew there was a reason I put on thirty pounds of muscle. It's to carry this beef for you. Your beef Fuck is mine. Good I just thought that was whack. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man, don't be a dick. So it got Danzig knocked. I agree. You know. Question for you both. I got nothing to say about. Yeah. I got nothing to say about their music. Yeah, were they at the time? They felt like they were big. They were kind of in this next level up. They would draw more kids than your average hardcore band. Was that real or was it inflated? Fat records inflated. Okay. Okay. That would be my guess. Yeah, that tracks. Like this was the band who seemed bigger. This was poster at every indie record store. Uh, you know, uh, fucking end rack paid displays, etc. But you, I, like I said, I only know one or two people who like them and they love them. But everyone else who what? Huh? I mean, uh, yeah, it's like lag wagon with a guy that like took social studies. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Next. Uh, um, the Kid Dynamite 88 Fingers Louis split. I've got nothing to say. I got nothing, man. No, no, no. That's fine. Uh, Kid Dynamite, 88 Fingers Louie. I don't really care about 88 Fingers Louie. Are they some Alkaline Trio shit related? Uh, No, the bass player went on to Rise Against. Oh, there you go. Uh, Kid Dynamite uh, was a big thing, and this was one of those those records that was like, it just sort of appeared. It was like, oh, here's a... And and they were pretty popular. So uh, to show you a... Uh, sign of the times, age, and etc. Records could come out by bands you liked and you didn't even know. So that, yeah. that was an experience with this. I got it and was like, "Oh shit!" I remember. I remember. Uh, no, what what label put this out? A weird, a random label released this. Um, oh, I don't know if there was one of those no, like indecision splits that they it was were doing. not. But that was a series. I think it was the following year that stuff started. This was released, and you'll you'll go, "Oh yeah, that's right, that label." Um, this was released on Subcity. There you oh, go. Characters. Right, yeah. Blast from the past. Uh, but it, I remember being at Curmudgeon Records in Edison, New Jersey, and with a friend, and I remember pulling it up and be like, yo, you know anything about this? And he's like, no. And he's like, we looked at it compared to the the first LP, and it was like, oh, these are new songs. Oh, shit, you know? So uh, so that was kind of cool. Um, How were the songs on here? For great, 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 great. Yeah. Great songs. Um, great songs. So, uh, like, like canon important, oh. you know, these are, these are some of their big songs, you know, uh, heart attack, oh, wow. break into memory and then a black flag cover, which is who, who cares? What was heart attack on? Was that on the demo? 
Oh, I know that song. Yeah, you definitely know the song. Uh, I think it's it might be on the demo. It might be on the first LP, but I don't think it is. Because I just yeah, I'm, I'm not, not enough. The, no, it might be on it might be on the demo and then on this. Huh. Or maybe I listened to one of the, the, no. the comp CD that they put. It's on the comp. Together. Yeah, it, but that's like one of the staples of their live set was that heart attack song. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, F minus self titled. Feelings. First time hearing it. Yep. It wasn't bad. I thought it was cool. Had a minute. Yeah, it, did, it definitely had a minute. Didn't do anything for me, but definitely had a minute. Punk, kind of aggressive on the hardcore side of things. Uh, Here's my question. Do you think this had any, listening to this, and Rancid put out a record in 2000? Yes. That was far more punk. Yes. Not, not no, let's, let me rephrase that. Not far more punk. A different side of punk than they had been doing. They went away from like the clash kind of stuff and they put out like for all like that black yep. rancid record that came out in 2000. It's like a hardcore record. Yep. And I wonder if F minus had any imp- impact on that. Hard to say. They put it out on Hellcat um and I think that that that's the reason I included it on the the list for sure was that band had a minute. They were a fast aggressive punk hardcore sound like it wasn't punk in the fat records way it was punk in the fast way and and had aggressive parts and it sort of in like you heard this record and then that rancid record came out and you're like oh shit like like rancid start to lean away from the more commercially viable stuff and more into their roots influences you know sure um so i wouldn't rule it out uh timmy chunks was in f minus which is kind of funny was he yep you play guitar yeah. No shit. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe his best post. Uh, nah, Nerve Agent. Agents. Nerve Agents might be better than this. It's true. And I think somebody from this band is in Rats in the Wall. Oh, that sounds right. That, Does that yeah, sound right? I think I that's so. right. All right. <clears throat> Patrick, you're going to carry us on these two, if you can. Show of Hands, A New Day Not Forgotten. Do you know anything about them? Not a fucking clue. OC Metalcore? straight edge but came out on smorgasbord so it's kind of like in the weird yeah like between between metallic hardcore and metalcore so maybe you call it metallic hardcore um but was big on kind of a like like the 90s phenomenon where it looked like you were into youth crew and new age but then you sounded way more metal than than you would assume uh they had a minute where it seemed like people would care, but I don't. I feel like they were on every flyer for like the showcase or something. For sure, that's. I just remember the name. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, countervail the most abused word. Uh, there's people that ride for this. I think that that's probably a little misguided. I think it's kind of like searching for the best of the rest. You know that phenomenon. Um. But it's uh, totally capable uh, metalcore. Uh, right? A little screamo change? No, no, no. no. Uh, my memory of this is, is much more like um, Proto Shy Halud. Um, I think that it was like. Yeah, and, and, God damn. and it's not even. It can't be considered Proto because it was after, but it's like a lesser, yeah. a lesser than Shy Halud. Like. Like People who liked copy. all that stuff, you know, and I put these two in there because 
it was sort of like the OC metalcore world was in the gestational period. So it wasn't like Throwdown wasn't around. It wasn't like 18 Visions wasn't around. They, those bands were. Yeah. Right. Adamantium for sure. Um, those bands were around, but then there were kind of like these fragments of bands in the LA OC area that didn't totally fit in that, but were adjacent enough that you could see like that energy was resonating with them. And I think there were a lot of bands who were like, Oh, are we going to be, should we go that way? Should we go more hardcore? And, and I think countervail and yeah. show hands fall into those, that those cracks. I'm having a really hard time. I'm having a really hard time expressing what countervail's actual sound is because when I say metalcore, we're going to get to a metalcore block this year. That is and, real. And metalcore. This is not correct. And this, that's not this, this is nineties hardcore with a more, uh, with an eye to the future. Well, that, that's you, exactly you know what, what I'm saying. Like, is that like the gravitational pull of that stuff was starting to happen, and a band like Countervale got caught in that gravitational pull. Does that make go. sense? I mean, I mean, it makes more sense than lo- lumping them in with uh, Turmoil for fucking sure. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. I mean, this says it all. Their their Discogs profile: '90s metalcore slash new school hardcore." New school. Oh, you know what? Welcome to yeah, 1999. I'm fine with that. New school hardcore. There it is. Ugh, I'd call that this. Fuck. Oh. I know you hate it, but that's what that's what this I'm is. I'm fine with it. It's, it is what it is. What do we got next? We're gonna go through a fast block, then we're gonna uh, probably send it to a part two. Um, staying in California. No reply. Self-titled seven inch. This is our buddy Dave Weinberg uh, of the Rev Board. Uh, webmaster fame he later went on to do some small band called the suicide file mm. this is up your alley right this is your uh like it like it. it it's it's age better than some of this stuff but at the time it just 1999 was really weird everybody for fast <laughs> no shit for fast hardcore everyone was grasping at straws and trying to figure out where things were going to go if you were more into Bob. the straight edge hardcore side of things, you were dying. Uh, no reply came in and was pretty good, pretty fast. Probably two memorable songs on this record and by okay. the band in general. What were you going to say, PK? Bob, do you feel that fast hardcore took a shit this year? Because there was enough of it. Like it existed, there was more. There was much more of it than there was New York hardcore or, oh, or sure. a lot of others. But outside of a couple, st- like, and it might just be I don't got the ear, mm. but I didn't think that anybody put out their best material this year in that world. Um, there's one example, two examples I can see, and and the, we'll highlight them in these sections real quick. Um, three examples maybe, but I, I would argue one of them. Overall, this is a We've talked about it. Those like, there's like those the year before the years. Um, yep. I don't yeah. know that this is one of those. It, it we've talked about transition years. This is this broadly falls into this that category, but I'd put it in a different category where it's some years feel transitional in the way where someone's moving slowly along and looking ahead and trying to make decisions and go left, go straight, go right. This is that year, except someone shut off the lights. So at the same time, people are trying to feel around and like, I'm going to fucking fall off this rope. I don't know what, what's next. I'm going <laughs> to mash my face. There's a lot of, 
rough parts to this year. Um, and I think you feel that regardless of it's the more straightforward it, stuff, yeah. or if it's the fast In all stuff, genres. Oh, yeah, the metal stuff. There's some great stuff, but there's some fucking <sighs> yeah. some garbage. Um, all right, I'm going to hit a couple of these really quick and then highlight the good stuff. What happens next? Hollow Victory 10-inch. Either of you heard what happens next? Yes. Yeah, I, I still don't like yeah. it. This is Max from Spaz, right? Max from Spaz. Uh, this, is their, this is, in my opinion, their best material. I think there's a Gorilla Biscuits cover on here, which is, when you were 17, a nice pull into something that was much faster. Um, it's not power violence, but it's as fast as fast hardcore can get before it starts to th- cross into that world. This is kind of the birth of the, the thrash core world is, is this section. Sounds right. Uh, the limperist out of the closet and into the pit live tape. Okay. Eh, it, I threw it in here because limperist is a band that matters. Oh, Their yeah. EP that came out after this was significantly better, but this is a live tape. It's fine. Uh, is that, where is this in their discography? Is this like early This is on? their first thing. This is their first Oh, okay. Thing. Yeah, so this Got is their it. very, very first thing. It's... Um, Kronos, yeah, broke uh, up, and then they did this. Yeah, and it, it's questionably necessary. Uh, I, I don't Got think it. anybody needs to hear it. Um, the Oath self-titled 7-inch came out on Youth Attack and Coalition Records. I, I believe this was also referred to as the transatlantic thrash terror EP, maybe something like that off the top of my head. Um, It is uh, Nate who did gloom records. I think Yaron who did coalition Mark McCoy, who did youth attack uh, kind of uh, an all-star band. Um, It is for, for that misnomer, it is way better and holds up better than you would think and actually has a lot of charm that I think some of their earlier projects don't have. And, and, you know, this band had, had a minute in the sun. No doubt. Did they become Dasoth? Yes. Yes. Uh, this was a band who live was spastic fun and sort of like, this was a really cool band to see live. Like the couple times I saw them, was always really fun and uh, big credit to them because I think you could have just wrote off the steam of Charles Bronson, but they didn't do that. They did something a little different and and to, to my ear, more palatable than Charles Bronson for sure. Yeah, way better. Um, Voorhees 13. Uh, some people are huge Voorhees fans. This never really stuck with me. Yo, let me say, I, I listened to this record like straight through this time. This is a hard record. Oh, yeah. It's not... Ch- it's not just like this isn't fast core. This is, and it's, it, it, but, and it's not like quite as moshy enough to be power violence necessarily, it, but it is fucking heavy. Like this is heavy music played fast. It's heavy. For sure. No, and people don't, Voorhees gets lumped into this side of things, but with a, uh, you know, uh, reality show makeover could easily be grouped with much moshier bands. Correct. For sure. Um, Devoid of Faith, Voorhees Split. Uh, we just spoke on Voorhees. Devoid of Faith, PK, you want to talk about Devoid of Faith for 15 seconds? Uh, sure. Uh, kind of uh, local. I don't know how long running, but it felt like a very long, long running, running band. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Albany Thing. Uh, by the time I was exposed to Devoid of Faith, I thought that it was more adjacent to the uh, kind of like more. It was like sub arena crust to my ears uh sure and kind of had that driving energy to it 
uh, as opposed to being just like boring ass crust. Pardon what do me. we call that? Theater crust. Uh, <laughs> theater crust. Uh, theater crust. It was. Uh, it, it, so uh, I thought that they uh, maybe maybe at the end they had a moment that that made sense to me. Uh, early on, I thought it was more about what they kind of provided locally. This was uh, the, which was this was like, the Albany basement band, right? Yes, precisely. Which is kind of important. Like, uh, like it was a major component to the Albany world of things. It was the their basement scene was pretty thriving, led to the Gloom Records stuff. So, and with no devoid of faith, there's no Andrew Duggan. <sighs> wow, let's take a moment of silence and think about that. <laughs> um, Tom, any any uh, experience or f- familiar with Devoid of Faith? Yeah, I owned a few of their records. Yeah, yeah, I think we all did. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like I had a time that like CR kind of opened up my mind to a lot of different things. Yo, thank you for mentioning them. They're they were the exact band I was going to put here, but go ahead. Um, you know, I mean, like they were like kind of like you know when I was like a fucking, Hey, fucking breakdown, New York hardcore. Like they're like, here's infest, you know, like as a kid, I was like, Oh shit. Like I had never known about any of this. Like, so I got into like <clears throat> devoid of faith, spaz, monster X, stuff like that. Cause that was like the bands that they were playing with. Yeah. And like, we would always go on like road trips with them and like take rides with them and go wherever to go, you know, watch to see them play, you know? So they were like, kind of, they opened my mind up to a lot of those. Like there was that, um, split the comp that like never really got the 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 you know the love that it deserved the, it's all every all is quiet on the eastern front oh yeah 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 um which also got me into a bunch of shit that i would never have heard you know going to fucking bleaker bobs on a saturday to buy fucking youth today records you know right. <laughs> um, but yeah i mean you know i i was familiar i you know got to see Voorhees when they were here mm-hmm. with killer idols got to play with them in london um, well, that's they were cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah think they those, played our London show. I'm pretty sure those dudes from Voorhees are still oh. active in yep. various ways, and like that's kind of sick. I think some of those dudes have. Somebody can correct me, but I think some of those dudes have been involved in some of the new wave of British hardcore stuff that's come out, which is kind of kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, well, the, the uh, there's a YouTube uh, commenter who would uh, like the world to know that he sees the original guitarist at the pub all the time. All right. Going down the pub. All right, bloke. Um, <laughs> hey, mate. Are we going to transition to Time Flies after that? No, I'm sorry. No, soon enough. Last line, Crosswalk EP. Fun fact, this was put out by User Head Records, which was John Lockjaw of Pit Boss 2000 fame. Wow. Uh, Did not know that. This record is so much better than that. Fun fact uh, gives it credit to this was kind of an awakening moment for the Western Mass hardcore scene. That's what I was going to ask. They were a Western Mass band, right? Western Mass, like born and bred, bunch of uh, range in age here. Some dudes my age, some dudes, uh, you know, four, five, six years older uh, who had been around in Western Mass. Gritty, punk hardcore. this record is good. The LP that came after this, Lesercito Del Morto, is excellent. And uh, yeah, this record's really good. Like, this is one of the ones that, you know, the thrashcore scene that happened in the early 2000s, like right around this time, there's bands who always get name checked, be it 
you know, uh, Life's Halt, what happens next, tear it up, etc. Last in Line is one that rarely does. And part of that is because they were almost more than that sonically, which they were, but they were one of the first bands who was around who was name checking like the Exclaim catalog as an influence. Right, right. PK, you ever hear this band? You had to have seen them. No. You've never heard seen them. I don't think so. Wow. Oh, wait, wait. This is a band wait, wait. who must have played Westfield or Pittsfield like a thousand times. Oh, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. I have no doubt about that. But I don't think they – we got put on the like more of the Will Killingsworth shows when we would play out there. For sure. Um, Which is funny because that's the dude who recorded all these bands too, you know? So. Oh, no doubt. Sure. Um, no doubt. This record's good. Their LP is great. Uh, insurance Risk, how much more? No idea. I, mean, yeah. I like the name. Uh, Crucial Response – you often hear me when I talk about European hardcore, I talk about the time where like, what's the, the fake straight edge band, fake European straight edge band right now. Uh, monkey fellow monkey fellow where that yeah, was yeah. just like, that was the level of discourse that happened in the U S about European hardcore. And it was kind of fucked up. And it was just kind of the way people acted. Um, towards a lot of the crucial response stuff, like the main strikes and the sportswear and that's this and that, even though there's people who would make those jokes and like, Oh, sportswear, but would ride for those records. Insurance risk. I said last in line, celebrated the exclaim catalog. Insurance risk was fucking brilliant. Maybe a touch harder than that stuff. A little bit better mosh. Um, and you know, but, but really siphoning old Boston hardcore. This record's great. I think mm. they did one more seven inch after this that might be better. Uh, very good and sort of lost in the sands of time. Might have one song either on this record or the next that had like sort of like questionable tongue in cheek lyrics that even at the time by this world were kind of like, yeah, really? Uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, but. The, the record is great. The, the great, great band. Um, Kill Your Idols, Full Speed Ahead Split. Tom, Kill Your Idols. Uh, Pat, do you, you've never even yeah. heard this. I <laughs> know. Uh, this, this one was, what's the album art? It's red. <laughs> uh, I, think a, I, I think this is the Kill Your uh, I'm going to have to, now you got me I looking know. it up. Um, it's not particularly memorable to me. And I, Kill your idols. Full speed ahead. Let's see. It is. Uh, yeah, it's okay. So it's a guy holding a gun. Actually, the illustration is quite good. Kill your idols. Yes. On the left hand yes, side. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. The right-hand side. Yes. Um, so this one uh, I was exposed to. Uh, Kill your idols. What period is this? Is this the. Hold on. This is before oh, their I LPs. This. I remember this art quite well. Yeah, it's the target. It's the target guy. This might be. Um, this might be. If it's not peak Kill Your Idols to me, it's right there. And I, I yeah. try to. Hardcore Circuit '99 is a song they played forever. Like that's a staple of their set. Um, do you know? I don't know. I'm not placing that right now. No, it doesn't stand out. And okay. then step so, on it. It's slap so cover. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. So actually, I know this record because uh, this record and the LP "No Gimmicks Needed" yes. are the only Kill Your Idols material that I really know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it was this era that I was actually willing to give them a shot. I think because I love the song title "Stop Comparing Us to Negative Approach," which appears on the, on the <laughs> LP. That's true. Um, yep. Yeah. 
the Hardcore Circuit 99 may be the best Killer Idol song to me. Full Speed Ahead is a super local from from the Shore band who were uh, were and still are some of the coolest older hardcore guys to us. Uh, the song Assault is a cover of the band Fatal Rage, which is uh, an old New Jersey band. I think their LP came out in 83. It is a stupid expensive record. It is awesome, straight up hardcore. Just fucking awesome. Like, wow. like mm. negative approach style, like just fast and aggressive, but like completely off radar and in kind of that killed by hardcore way, like the killed by death comp style. But like, it's so good. It's, it's, it's criminal that it's not uh, more well known. Right. And these, right. the, the full speed ahead material, full speed ahead is a band who like, I have a clear local bias for, but I think their seven inch and this split are the best, some of the best straightforward, like manic, fast, black flag, skate, hardcore that you could possibly imagine. Hmm. Yeah, like I'd recommend it to anybody who who likes a, aggressive, crazy guitar man music. They played Nate Fest. They were actually quite good. Oh, they're a really, really uh, like superior live band. So, um, and then the last record that we're going to talk about today before we we cut to some current music will be uh, Dead Nation Dead End, which is an LP that came out another New Jersey band. Um, familiarity from either of you guys. Yeah. Name. Yeah. Um, I know the singer. He's, uh, he's an all right. He's an all right bloke. Yeah. PK. Uh, this is Dave. Dave Axe band pre tear it up. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. It's cool. It's like fun. Like it's, this is literally like when I was, I was like, Oh, this is who would be playing ABC while we were playing at CBS for sure. So this band really good. Uh, yeah. This record is phenomenal. Uh, there's EPs are good. This record sort of, uh, in the same way as what it seems like what happens next, no reply, life's halt, specifically what happens next in life's halt really uh, pushed the whole faster hardcore thing on the West Coast. The Dead Nation Dead End LP certainly did that in, in the New Jersey, New York region. Um, this felt more punk to me though. Oh, for sure. Well, because Dave? No. Uh, so the, the main songwriter behind this band is Matt Molnar who was oh, yes. in the band Uprise. Uh, Jerry would probably be able to tell you all about that. <laughs> Orphaned Records fame. Uh, I have the 7-inch. Yeah. So, yeah, Morris County Youth Crew. So That's right. Dead Nation were dudes who came from the Morris County Youth Crew era, which is first wave New Jersey, straight edge, floor punch guys, but who also were steeped in, like, classic 80s punk. This record is Black Flag, but written by people who also love you know the faster stuff are really well versed in all things punk and like youth of today and dri and suicidal yep. but also like I, I give credit i always say that this record is really cool because the guitar player matt molnar and the drummer matt wechter wrote a lot of these songs together etc but the drummer is really matt's fantastic on this record and he plays so fast that almost it sounds like he's outpacing the songs and it gives it this weird tension that makes the record feel like it's coming apart at the seams, but it doesn't. So uh, that record is a huge recommendation from this year. Um, when I talk about this with people I know, it's it's certainly one of the top three, four records that I would recommend from this year in hardcore. Mm. Well said. 
Oh, okay, guys, are, are you ready for halftime on Hardcore 1999? Certainly. This is the first quarter or is this halftime? I don't know. <sighs> we're going to call it halftime because some of this stuff we're going to be able to blast through. We're going to be able to yeah. blast through some of this stuff. Um, in the interest of having a good halftime, let's kind of like stretch, go, go get your popcorn virtually. Maybe get. Is this Aerosmith? Oh, man. Walk this way. Tom, what do you think of Aerosmith? I know Patrick has to be a fan. Yeah, there's an era that I really like. What yeah, I mean, I, you know, I fuck with the hits. Pa- what's your era? The the Armageddon soundtrack song, or don't want to miss a thing. Correct. Yeah, that's what I Pat likes the Alicia Silverstone era. No, I like I like Pink. I can everything up to Pink is is cool. There's actually some like arguments to be had for, for this. What band do you like better, both of you guys, Aerosmith or the Ramones? Aerosmith. Ramones. Got to go with the Smith. Um, yeah, I don't even got to think about it. I know. <laughs> Tom, we'll, we'll, we, we'll do a track-by-track episode where we talk about that in the future. But for now, <laughs> for now, we haven't done one in a little bit. Live on Axe to Grind, our friends from Webdwing. Welcome to Live on Axe to Grind. I'm Bob, and joining us today is... Webdwing. What's up, Taylor? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. How was your ride out today? It was honestly cool. We had to take two cars. I tr- wanted to put everything in my trunk, but I wasn't able to do that. So then we had to take two cars, and Mike rode with me. Nice. And we talked about music and listened to music. Is like a long car ride like that. It's not that long. Hour and change, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I came from the Philadelphia suburb, so I oh, came so you were from out. a little further. But yeah, but yeah from, it honestly wasn't that bad. Is a long car ride the best way to get to know somebody? Or is it? can it be like Yo, kind awkward? Of, I don't think so. No? Okay. I, I feel like that's kind of a forced interaction. I agree. I think like uh, over a meal oh. or something. Well, I know you well enough. Who knows you well enough? What is the ideal way to get to know someone over a meal? Uh, maybe not over a meal. If someone's like a loud eater or something, you might, that might be a bad impression off. This is a way to pivot this question because I think it's good. Can you get to know someone well enough in a single interaction? Like, like a meal, like a single sitting or no? Like that's the basis to judge them off of? Yeah. Yeah, I'll judge someone before they open their mouth. I'm not proud of it at all, but that's just like it's. I'm definitely have a. I have a pretty good impression of what's going on before. What's the worst first impression you've gotten of someone? F- full stop. And then I'll expand on the question. Um, I won't say who it is. No, 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 no names, of course. Um, but recently we played a show out of town, and it was just someone that was. They're definitely doing some drugs and stuff, and they were very friendly and touchy, and that's not really my vibe. And I felt like I was putting off the vibe, like. I don't love this. Right. But his vibe was, dude, I get like, I, you know, I'm just fucking with you because I, I get like, you're, I get you. And I was like, hey, you're a nice guy. So I'm just going to like act like this is fine. But I really didn't like it. But you know, the funny thing is that wasn't my first impression of the guy. I'd met him many times. Oh, but that, that was just like a, that was a page turner. That was the like, most time I'd ever spent with him. And I didn't like a minute of it. Yo, that's as someone who asks questions and does that. I think if I get the vibe that someone's not feeling it, you try to stop, right? Like, 
And is it is the yeah. problem what you're doing or that when you're doing, you don't know when to stop? As someone that would never touch someone else without like, I don't know, being, if they were going in for a dap or something like that, but I don't ever just touch people. Yeah. Um, maybe sometimes I'll give someone a little pat on the shoulder or something. <laughs> but I'm never like gripping someone's shirt up and saying like, no. dude, my band played here before and it was so sick. Uh, yeah, like if you get the recoil ever, you know, and that could be literally to someone touching you or <laughs> mentally, like it's kind of like it's time to go, right? Yeah, or I don't know. People don't even like, sometimes you'll recoil and people don't even, they're not even like, huh, I wonder if I need a piece of gum or something. Uh, yeah, it doesn't occur to 90% of people because they just keep talking real close to you. And- so, so our message to everyone is respect <laughs> the recoil. Now, final question. Have you ever had an impression of someone and then had it completely changed? Yeah, plenty. Yeah, plenty of people. Yeah, yeah. I try to judge people less before they open their mouth, but but not when they're eating with their mouth full. Um, honestly, that's whatever too. That doesn't. That's I won't judge them off of that. But I'll just be like, damn, I don't love eating with them. But I don't know. I don't. I don't remember what we were talking about totally. Like I remember that we were talking about the bad first impression. I feel like I had a ideal one in mind. Okay. I lost it. It's okay. Have you missed doing your podcast, Strange Nerve? Yeah, a lot. But, um, yo, you guys are good at, like, just kind of powering through the things about it that are annoying. They're very annoying. Yeah, you guys are... See, you got your your comrades, though. It is that... I got to be very honest. It helps to have a breakdown of duties. Yeah. Um, Even when, you know, sometimes duties are shifted more to a couple, you know, people than others... Being able to break that down and ask people for help certainly helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, doing it solo, kind of daunting. Well, even then, I had my friend Matt doing it with me at the end. I remember. And it was just kind of like, he wasn't really, I mean, you know, I love him, but he wasn't really relieving me of any of the stuff that I didn't want to do. You were still having to do all the work. Yeah, which is fine. It's not like I was paying him money or anything, but. Something you used to talk about that I liked was how hard it is to get guests and not hard because people do like to be on things like lots of people ask to come on it's just not the it's not always the people that you want right and that's not a diss like i have lots of friends who i really like but i tried to tell all my friends like hey we just started this it'd be really weird if i had all my friends come on like sequentially like hey come on my podcast this week it's jim from down the street next week it's joey he's on the other street you know yeah, but, and not everyone really has anything to say. Like, they want you to be like, oh, so, like, what, tell me an interesting story. But <laughs> some people can't even talk on a microphone and, like, answer a question without it being more than yes or I know. yeah, I guess. It's a weird thing to explain to people and to hope for. Did you, all right, then this is the very, very last one, because we could talk for a long time. Did you ever have someone sit down, start recording with you on the podcast, and you go, oh, no, this ain't it. Yeah, a couple times. I thought you were going to say, did I forget to start recording, and that has happened. <laughs> That's too. the worst. Yeah. Did you ever lose a full episode? Oh, yeah, a couple of them. Heartbreaking. one with Ned Russin that I thought was pretty good. Yeah. That one would have gotten a lot of listens, if I'm being honest. That was kind of, I kind of sucked that I lost that one. And I just felt like I wasted his time. That's the thing that kind of like... 
I felt bad. That's the part that Patrick lost a couple episodes, and he's not one who it like uh, apologizes often. I think it's against his like uh, personal religion, but he felt very bad, and like we had to be like, no, it's okay. And then when it happened again, it was like, oh, now uh, are you gonna come host with us sometime? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Great, everybody. This is Webbed Wing.
song's about a scary monster.
Thanks. That's all of them. <laughs>